Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. It is a wild Wednesday edition. I'd say free wild today. Nothing wrong with wild. Wild child. Glad to have you with us here. Oh, yes. T.C. Martin Show, of course, streaming live, coast to coast, border to border, wherever you may be. Today, jam-packed show coming your way. Hitting a lot of NFL today and some college hoops. As follows, Trevor Maddich will join us at the bottom of the hour, ESPN's college football guru slash NFL 12 years in the NFL, as you well know, and of course, 15-time Emmy Award winner, Trevor, part of our fantastic team here. He joins us today as we turn the page from college football, and I imagine we'll discuss a little bit of that disgusting championship game Monday night, but hey, we're going to concentrate on wild card weekend. NFL playoffs begin this weekend, starting on Saturday. Looking forward to that. So we'll talk to Trevor Maddich about that. Charlie Sheen will not be joining the program today. I think he's in rehab somewhere. Uh, but uh, I don't know if uh, Wild Thing is going to be around. You like where I went with that? The Trogs. But you didn't know that, did you? The Trogs. Oh, yeah. Of course. We fired it up. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. But that's all good. Speaking of Wild Things. Tonight. UNLV basketball to running Rebels coming off another upset victory over New Mexico in the pit last weekend. Rebs at home tonight, taking on Boise State. Kevin Kruger will join us. How wild is Kevin? Kevin's not so wild. Behind the scenes, though, it could be a little wild. Kevin Kruger joins us as we preview tonight's game. We're getting Kevin on game day. So he will preview the Rebs and the Boise State Broncos. That's going to be a good game tonight. 8 o'clock, Thomas and Max Center. Get on out there for that. And Alan Snell, our good friend Alan Snell, who does a fantastic job at LVSportsBiz.com, he's going to join us today as we talk Raiders from the business side, as well as the latest news with the Oakland A's. Are they going to come to Vegas? And we've uh, got news, the latest news on that, of uh, where they're talking about uh, relocating if they even do, because we've been talking about this for three plus years. All right, so uh, jam packed show coming your way today. And uh, we start off today with the NFL. And after nine days of being hospitalized, DeMar Hamlin is back home, back home in Buffalo. That's right. Uh, he was released. From the hospital today in Buffalo at Buffalo General. And today, DeMar Hamlin is back home with his family. What great news that is. Yesterday, as you know, he was in Buffalo General. And he got released from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center on uh, on Monday morning. And so he was transported or flew back to Buffalo General. And talk was that he was going to be at Buffalo General probably for at least three, four days. But nah, DeMar has just been recuperating so nicely that he went through some tests yesterday 
a series of cardiac, neurological, and vascular testing, uh, passed with all flying colors, and today he got a chance to go back home. Uh, Dr. Jamie Nadler, uh, the critical care physician and chief quality officer at the Kalita Health uh, Facility, says, uh, we have completed a series of tests and evaluations and in consultation with the team physicians, we are confident that DeMar can be safely discharged to continue his rehabilitation at home and with the Buffalo Bills. So great news there. I don't think anybody expected that. And, you know, if you were away for the last 10 days, didn't know what happened Monday night. And then you saw, he came back and you saw what happened to DeMar Hamlin, you know, where he needed to be resuscitated uh, back to life. Uh, literally was was out for a couple minutes, and for him to, you know, awaken about seventy two hours later, fantastic news, uh, and then to be able to communicate uh, with his team care unit and his family and his teammates, fantastic. And then here we are today, where he's home, he's actually back home. An incredible story. After nine days of being hospitalized, DeMar Hamlin back home in Buffalo. Bills head coach Sean McDermott getting ready for the playoffs coming up this weekend. He had this to say, said that they will leave it up to DeMar Hamlin when he would like to return to the team facility. Here's the quote from Sean McDermott. He said, his health is first and foremost. That's what's on our mind as far as this situation. And then... When he feels ready, we will welcome him back. Wow. Now, no one is talking about DeMar Hamlin rejoining the Bills as far as being on the field. But the way this guy has recuperated, you never know. Would not rule it out at all. And it's funny if you go back nine days and people are talking about, oh, you know, will he make it? Will he live? Because remember, it was anywhere from a 25 to 40% chance that he would survive this, you know? And he came out of it. And then he started to respond. First thing he asked the doctors, hey, who won the game? Did we win? Doctors respond with, you won, <laughs> Damar. You, you're winning the game of life. And then to see him recuperate and now you saw him like walking around the hospital a couple days ago. And then yesterday, going through the test. I mean, it's like he's back. And now there's talk about, oh, you know, hey, when he's ready to come by the facility, he, he's more than welcome. And, of course, he's still a member of this Buffalo Bills team. And you know on his mind, he probably wants to get on, not probably, he wants to get on the field as soon as possible. Great story. A story that had tragedy written all over it, had fans and players and coaches and just in tears, not knowing what could possibly happen to DeMar Hamlin or anybody else that takes a hit like this. And we saw a lot of the games. You saw it with players, saw it just with the coverage as well, too. A little tepid, you know, just tepid about you know, okay, you know, and we know that linemen and linebackers are, you know, very tepid about sacking a quarterback now, thinking they're going to get a flag or, you know, 
do do damage, you know, you, you know, to the quarterback. And you know, we, we saw T. Higgins get hit going across the middle, even though he got hit in the midsection. He was down for a while in that game last Sunday against Baltimore. T. Higgins, a wide receiver who had the collision with Demar Hamlin, and um, so people are going to be skeptical. We're going to be a little a little cautious, but this is the NFL. These are professional football players. Uh, they're going to get back to the violent hits and everything. It'll definitely be on display this coming weekend as the playoffs uh, start. So great news coming out of Buffalo with Demar Hamlin uh, actually back at home, not at the hospital in Buffalo, but at home recuperating and look for him to be back at the Bills facility very, very soon. All right. Another NFL news. Two messes of a team as you head into the playoffs. Hard to believe that either one of these teams even made the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. Well, the Dolphins will be playing without Tua this weekend. Uh, He has still not cleared concussion protocol. Teddy Bridgewater, the second-string quarterback, the backup, he is still injured. So therefore, it will be, and looks like it'll be, third-string quarterback Skylar Thompson out of K-State. He started the game last weekend against the Jets. He will get the start more than likely again uh, this weekend as the Miami Dolphins travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Mike McDaniels, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) We've talked a lot about Mike McDaniels. I want you to listen to his press conference here today. When he announced the status of Tua. As of uh, today, um, Tua has not been cleared by doctors to resume football activities on the field with his teammates. So um, because of that and because of the time that it um, he's missed, I can rule him out for Sunday. He was an incredible part of the entire season. I think eight, eight of our wins um, were as a result of him playing quarterback amongst the team. Yep, that is Mike McDaniels at the press conference earlier today. So you sent me an email with this clip. Yes. What was the uh, title of that email? Uh, Do you remember? Was it something along the lines of Goofball McDaniels or was it, it Goofball? Was, it was Goofball McDaniels. <laughs> well, listen to that. I mean, when I first saw that today, I'm going like, are you kidding me? I mean, he was like, um, well, let's see. How do I say this? Okay, two is not really ready to play yet. What is that? I mean, he's a goofball. He's a goofball. He's a goofball on the sidelines. He's a goofball in press conferences. Can you imagine what this guy's like in a locker room? Yeah, he's a goofball. There's no question. I've said it from day one. He reminds me of like a little league, a little league coach. Like, have you, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a little a volunteer, a little league coach. Have you ever they seen? They got thrust into the situation, unlike or maybe similar to Morris Buttermaker with the Bad News Bears. 
Now, he got thrust into it, too. But Buttermaker, he went in there, and he was just coaching for the money. He was co- coaching for the moolah. He'd bring his own beers in, you know, you know, taking the kids to Pizza Hut, you know, probably want to take them to strip clubs, you know. But, yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, Buttermaker had that idea. But this guy is a goofball. Goofball. Buttermaker? You were going to give me Buttermaker, weren't you? Yes! Mike McDaniel! Yeah! Let's put a top on this circus! Woo! Except don't have that kind of enthusiasm, do we, Mike? Goofball. Yeah. No, he is a goofball. See him on the sidelines? Uh, which place should I call here? Uh, how'd this guy ever become a head coach? It is beyond me. But listen to him. It's like, okay, you've been through enough of these press conferences now, right? Go through them at least once a week. Went through them almost daily during training camp. Think you be a little better prepared to know how to speak to the media. But I think he just, he likes this. Like this is his personality. This like oddball, quirky scientist slash comedian or volunteer little league coach. Like you said, I don't know what it is, but. I just can't believe that that can play well in the locker room. And we're seeing what the Dolphins are all about, you know. How about you see that last year the Dolphins what started 8 and 3 and then they ended up what 8 and 8. This year what did they start out, you know? No, that was this year they started out 8 and 3 and ended up 8 and 8. Last year started out something like 1 and 6 or whatever, ended up 8 and 8. Same Dolphins. Same Dolphins. 9 and 8. I mean, come on. Are you are you kidding me? So, yeah, he. There was a speculation that Tua uh, probably wasn't going to play, but he broke it down just so eloquently. So, so he did. Uh, yeah. You, what? Oh, uh, eloquently. He eloquently. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was Mike McDaniel goofball. Here's more goofball talking about what's he going to do with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy is still working his way back. Um, uh, the, uh, his biggest thing is he knew, he knew that he had to be in a position where, um, he had to be fully functional, uh, on Sunday that took some strain, um, and really just, uh, uh, some guts and, and work ethic to, you know, that's a, that's not an easy thing to do as a result. Um, we will be approaching, uh, the game today, the Wednesday game, as Skylar Thompson is our starting quarterback. What was that? What was that? Okay, first of all, he's got some guts. He's got some guts. Oh, and work ethic. But did you catch the tail end of that numchuck one more time with the last seven seconds of that? Last seven seconds. Listen again now. Go ahead. Uh, the game today, the Wednesday game, as Skylar Thompson is our starting quarterback. The game today. There's a game on Wednesday? <laughs> is, is this Now, is this like the Nickelodeon game? Is it, oh, it, he would fit in with the he slime would fit ball. Right, dude, yeah. he, he should be commentating the Nick games. <laughs> Do you hear what he said? He said, as far as the game Today, and he emphasized today, uh, Skylar Thompson will be the quarterback for the game Wednesday. We will be approaching 
the game today. Today, make sure. The Wednesday game as Skylar Thompson is our starting quarterback. The Wednesday game. What are we going to Okay, hold up, guys. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have a simulated game today. Kind of like, you know, Major League Baseball does with its pitchers, you know, coming off injury. Simulated game today, which is nowhere near a simulated game. Uh, so we're going to have a, we're going to have a game today. Hey, hold on. Hey, Buffalo, can you come on down? We're going to, we're going to play another game today and we're going to get ready for the game on Wednesday. Oh, wait, wait, that's today. Oh, hold on, Buffalo. Hold on. Uh, I meant, can you come down today for the game on Wednesday, which is today? And I think we might have a game on Sunday too. So since we're going to come to your place on Sunday, can you come down here so we could have a game today? Seriously, what the hell is this? What is this? He gets in front of the media members. And who's this on the on the computer typing away? Did you hear that? I love it. What was that? You thought that was me typing. I did. So, yeah, I did. I was like, <laughs> did he send me like a recording of himself reco- no, typing it? Not typing. I was somebody that, uh, I guess the microphone picked it up there in Miami. On Wednesday morning, are you kidding me? He he says the game today, and Skylar Thompson will be the quarterback for Wednesday's game. How, did anybody even comment today? I mean, go through. You're, you're the social media guru. I'll go through. Go go through. I did. Am I the only guy that caught this? But I, I found a little clip now of Mr. McDaniel's. Oh no. Asking you, Mr. McDaniel. Mr. McDaniel. Okay, he was asking me. Something. He was asking you something. Okay, go ahead. Why is everybody always picking on me? Because you're a goofball. Goofball. Jeez. This is unbelievable stuff. This is a head coach in the NFL, and we're talking about. Hey, what qualifies you? To be a head coach in the National Football League. Well, see, if I'm an offensive coordinator and we do pretty good, or if I'm a defensive coordinator and we do pretty good the previous season, guess what? That qualifies me to be a head coach. You've got zero head coaching experience. You know who I feel sorry for? Okay. Just because I, you know, used to be in this realm. But I feel bad for the high school coaches, the dedicated high school coaches who have been coaching for 15, 20, 25 years and are good enough to coach at the collegiate level, good enough to coach at the professional level, but never get a shot, never even get a sniff at that. Instead, oh, you could be a graduate assistant. Hmm. All right. That means what translation? You can be Adam Sandler and the water boy. That's what that means. That you could go. Don't, don't, don't. You know how I feel about that movie. Don't. I saw. Hold you. on. I saw where you're Hold going. Hold on. You're going. Oh, he said Waterboy. I'm going to go ahead and get a clip from the Waterboy. This is from someone that when we talked about this last time, I know it's coming. Didn't even see it. That's true. It's true. It was so bad you didn't even I, yeah. see it. Yeah, I didn't want to see it. Yeah. Just, but then I told you something, and you're yeah. like, "Well, maybe I want to see it now." Maybe, well, what did maybe. I tell you? Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't no, know. no. Well, what did I tell you about the movie? I can't remember. Who's the coach? Um, Bob Barker? No, but not Bob Barker. <laughs> uh, somebody I know is the, is the coach. Who is the coach? You told me this before. I can't remember. Hey. The Fonz! It is. Yeah. Henry Winkler. Oh, man. Hey, the Fonz and Barry. I've talked about this before. If you haven't seen, you still haven't seen Barry. I've caught Go, a couple. Two I seasons, Barry. I know. I'm going outstanding. to. Outstanding. And I believe he won an award, got nominated as as well, Golden Globe and oh, just 
Emmy, fantastic. Anyway, but yeah, this this goofball is like so many others. You know, okay, I'd be a grad assistant. Oh, then a guy can come in there and I could be a quality control coach. Translation quality control is, yeah, you're picking up the towels in the locker room and you're, you're making sure that, you know, everybody's good. Hey, uh, you just got to town. Uh, you know, you just got traded or, you know, your draft pick. Uh, here's, here's directions to your apartment complex. Uh, here's the, where you want to go eat at there. That's a quality control coach. That's what they do. Then you rise up and maybe you could be maybe an assistant position coach, you know, assistant wide receiver coach, something like that. Then you work up, maybe get to be a position coach. And then maybe you get one year as an offensive or defensive coordinator. Boom. You're qualified. Yeah. It's just like you just got your master's degree. You know, there it is. I mean, throw a party, increase raises. That's what that means. Head coach. Like Cliff Kingsbury could be a quality NFL coach. Heck, he wasn't a quality college coach. He got fired from Texas Tech. He's an offensive guru. Yeah, how'd that work out for you in Arizona? Come on. It's 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 over and over and over again. What's going to happen here? Now what, we got five NFL head coaching openings, right? Right now? Five of them. How much you want to bet that a majority of those will be first-year head coaches that get those jobs? Not guys that are qualified, that have, have previous head coaching experience. Why don't you put that on the job description? Uh, NFL head coaching job, you know, payment, you know, minimum $2 million a season, maybe up to $7 million a season. Uh, previous head coaching experience, Required. Would that be good? See. Si. Yeah, it's not on there at all. Not on there at all. All right. So I don't know who's more of a mess the Dolphins or the Ravens? <laughs> Lamar Jackson listed as doubtful. What a shocker there for Sunday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Jackson's missed the last five games and missed the last 16 practices. Still recuperating from that knee injury. Hasn't played since December the 4th. And who do you got as your backup there? Tyler Huntley. Well, kind of very similar to what's going on in Miami, right? You got Teddy Bridgewater. He can't practice. He's in no shape to go. So you got to go to the third string quarterback. Same thing in Miami. Tyler Huntley, doubtful with a shoulder injury, has tendonitis, hasn't thrown in practice. In a week and a half. So therefore, you go to the playoffs and you're going to get third stringer Anthony Brown. Yeah. Anthony Brown likely to start again. Weird about this. You know, we talked about that all six games, these are rematches or we've got divisional opponents, which will be the third time. And these two teams fit right into this, just like Buffalo and Miami. <laughs> Same thing. But with Baltimore and Cincinnati, be a third time they played. They played last week. Cincinnati won 27 to 13. And uh, since Lamar Jackson has been out, the Baltimore Ravens offense averaging a whopping 13 points per game. 38 days after he sprained his PCL, Lamar Jackson missed, guess what? Another practice today. Yeah, so that makes 16 practices that he's missed 
in a row. Yeah, he's he's not ready to play. And you've got to remember, this is a guy that is representing himself, wants a new contract. The Ravens are probably going, they've been saying all the right things. Well, yeah, we got you, Lamar. We got you. Well, you know, we'll talk about it after the season. This guy has shown he is nothing but injury prone. And isn't that good? Now, I know some people go, what are you talking about? Former MVPs? No, he's not. Come on, stop. Stop. You want Lamar Jackson on the line? Playoff game on the line. We saw how well that's worked out. How many playoff games is this Hammonager one, huh? Go ahead. Look it up. Not good. Buffalo, Miami. The line now, it's funny because we when we talked to Chuck Esposito yesterday and we talked to Jake Hornigate, the Westgate, on Monday, we talked about having these lopsided lines ever since the NFL went to only one team out of each conference gets a bye, okay? I had two years of this now. And last year, four of the six games were double-digit victories, all right? We had some blowouts, and I'm predicting we're going to have that again. So we have the lines here of 10 points on the Buffalo game. Now, when word got out yesterday, hey, maybe Tua might play, you know, because after all, he's been out for the last few weeks. I mean, it's probably due to play, right? Okay, so the line came down to nine and a half. Then it went down to nine. The moment that Goofball got on the mic today, do you know where the line went? 13. 12 and a half, 13. Now, do you think that line jumped up from nine to 13 because of A, he announced that two is not going to play, or B, that he said thinks the game's on Wednesday. <laughs> it's B for sure. It's B. <laughs> Wait a minute! This cloud don't even know when the game is. Ten thousand more on Buffalo. Mattress Mac, let's go. Double down, Mac. Three million, six million. On go go Buffalo, go go Buffalo, go go Buffalo. I like that. I like go go Buffalo. I'll be on the Bills. Let me tell you right now. All right. Miami has zero shot. No shot this week. None. Nil. Nine. Zippo. Zero. No shot. You know who else has no shot? Baltimore. Nil. Nine. Zippo. Whatever I said over and over. Who has a bigger shot? Who has a bigger shot? Who, ha- who has the better shot? I'll tell you who's got a bigger, uh, better shot. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. All right. You got a big shot. He's got a he's got a bigger shot because these clowns have no shot, zero shot. Give me Cincinnati to the cows come home. Give me Buffalo to the cows come home. That's what I'm talking about. What the heck? What kind of mix is this? I kind of like it though. A little earth, wind, and fire. Silly Joel. Well, you went uptown I don't mind that one. <laughs> I don't mind That it. was the one messed up you don't mind about. Ooh, when you wake up in the morning with your head on fire and your eyes Don't let anybody say, and no one does. I don't have versatility with my music. I mean, come on there. Look at this. It's not just old school R&B and funk. This could be a good theme song. You had to be a big shot, So you told me to search for some... 
updates. Right? Yeah. Social media. Is anybody else talking about this besides me? About that he thinks the game is Wednesday. No. So the only thing that I was able to see is this guy eating some cheese dip. I don't know who he is. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but I know it needs to come to Vegas and it needs to be here now. Oh yeah, you are. You want, to, you want to talk about my cheese dip? You want to talk about margarita dip? The Marg dip? The world famous Marg dip from my man, the cowboy, Timmy Keen. Oh, yeah. Margarita is my all-time favorite Mexican restaurant in Green Bay, and people have known me for a long time. They know when they come visit me in Green Bay, boom, I'm there. When I went back last March, uh, had a big gathering there. I think you, you remember seeing the pictures. Yes. I got my whole posse and yes. neighborhood They came on down. It was great. And so... Uh, whenever I get Deacon Bob or somebody that comes in, they deliver. So with Jules, Julie Jules went there last weekend, went back to Green Bay. All right. And I said, you, you got to bring me back the Mark Dip. And my guy Tim hooked it up again and he gave me, I don't know what it was, a half gallon. But that is the best cheese dip. So now does, he, does, he, sell, does he sell this like that or are you special because you're you? Okay, that dip is on the menu. And that's how I know about it. Yes. You know, I used to go there like three, four no, times but I'm, a week. No, but I'm saying, does he sell it out the door like that besides that? I've never known him to do that. He's texting me now. I guess we could ask him. But I'm going to tell you about this dip. So when you get the Marg dip, okay, you there's two sizes of the Marg dip, all right? And yeah, small one, whatever. And then you eat it with your chips and that sort of thing. Yep. There's also a fiendish fiendish dish on the menu called the chicken argentine right okay chicken argentine chicken breast boom and it's just saturated in the marg dip now you may want to ask me what the marg dip is what is in the marg dip okay the marg dip is a four cheese dip it is phenomenal it's creamy white pepper jack the emphasis on the creamy starting good already oh yes all right with jalapeno cheese, all right? Okay. Mixed with mozzarella. Okay. Nothing wrong with anything so Nothing. far. And then the sworn to secrecy secret spices. And it's hard to put a a finger on what the secret spices are. Again, sworn to secrecy. But I know there's like some it's like some spinach cuz there's some green in there. But it's got a great kick. It's not overpowering. But here's the key to the Marg dip. It is creamy as can be. You know how a lot of dips are either hard as a rock or they're runny? Yep. Never. Yeah. Uh, here's a little tip for you. Okay. And then, you know, he, he sends uh, the bag full of chips, freshly baked. So, all right. So Jules goes to Margarita's for lunch on Monday afternoon. Yeah. Right? Here's the timeline. Okay. One o'clock. One o'clock right. lunch. Got One you. o'clock lunch. Central time. You got Central. it. Central. There you go. I'm, oh, I'm going to take uh, notes on this. Okay, there you go. Okay. All right. Now, she eats lunch. All right. Okay. And they have the Marg dip ready for her. Got you. Okay. Uh, the three giant bags of freshly baked chips. All right. Gotcha. Okay. That's going to now go in the suitcase. The Marg dip. Oh, and don't forget Olga's spicy brown enchilada sauce. Yeah, Olga. 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 Yeah, her okay. name's Olga. But the queen oh, of the brown Olga. sauce. Okay, gotcha. Queen of the brown sauce. Got you. The best enchilada sauce, bar none. All right, so you got all that going. So that gets packed up in the suitcase. Now, so the chips do not, you know, get crushed. That goes in the carry-on. She's not flying out of Green Bay. She's flying out of Milwaukee. 
So that gets packed up in the like 22 degree, 19 degree weather love, there. Love it so far. Driving to Milwaukee for the two, two hour drive, gets on a six o'clock flight, packs it up, boom, carry on with the chips. And now you got a layover in Denver. Oh. Uh, yeah. So now you got to survive that. Back to Vegas, 11.33 p.m., and you know who's picking her up at the airport. You are. I'm picking her up, right? Okay. Exactly. For so, what, For one reason only. So now, first For question, one reason only. First question. Yes. When you saw her. Yes. Did you eat some dip instantly? Right to the suitcase. <laughs> suitcase goes in to make sure that everything, boom, everything's packed perfectly. Well, except her clothes, because, you know, that's the yeah. story. Right. And then she has the margaritas jumbo bag with the chips, not one crushed. Love it. Just amazingly how that, that came about. Boom. So, nope. I, I said, I'm not cracking that bag. I'm waiting till the next day, next night. And that was my dinner last night. The chip salsa, you probably saw the video. It That's looks, why you made the comment. Yeah. It, it looks amazing. It is amazing. It's a, and I will, if there's any left, I'll bring some for you. I love it. And Michelle. And, and Marky Mark. Or I'll bring you some tomorrow. Can Tim maybe possibly send some? Yeah. Can, I mean, Tim, you want to... Cowboy, fuck? if you're listening right now... Cowboy, spawn to the show. And, and Cowboy... Cowboy listens. Hey, Cowboy was my guy, you know, back in Green Bay. I, he he I should was sponsor three, and just pay in, in Mark Dip. Send it in. <laughs> just send it in. Yeah. Seriously, I think he sent me home with the value of, of that big tub that you saw yeah. of the Mark Dip with the chips all... Over $100 were the stuff he, he sent home for. And I appreciate him. Longtime friend, longtime owner of, of Margaritas, located directly across from Lambeau Field. You've heard me talk about this before. I've when, heard you talk, when, yeah. When, when people go, I say, okay. You're go. going to Margaritas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when GV went back for the Jets-Packers game, Greg Vaughn, I made him a reservation. I made him a reservation there. He came back screaming, outstanding. Of course, they treated him well and, and anybody there. But so. Uh, what what was that chocolate bar I saw? Okay, so Saruji's chocolate is like okay, you're Chicago, so you'll understand yep. what I'm about. Okay, so people from Chicago and from Sacramento will know what I'm talking about here. Seas candy. You know, oh, okay. C's, C's. Yeah. Saruji's is the Green Bay Seas, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that is. So of course, Jules had to stop by because they she loves the Saruji's. Okay. Family loves the Saruji's. So of course, for dessert, she walks through. The airport, I pick her up. What'd she do? Pops, put the hand up, fires a fastball at me. Saruji's chocolate. That was dessert last night. Delicious. Beautiful. Melts in your mouth. Okay. Melts in your mouth. There you go. So there you go. You got that. You got that. Love that we just went from sports to food instantly. (laughs) Shocker, right? (laughs) And waiting on the line is our good friend Trevor Maddich, okay? All right, so we'll come back. Trevor will join us. He's probably salivating right now. And like, okay, are you going to get to me? Oh, forget this. I want to hear more about the food. Marg dip, the best cheese dip in the planet, bar none. Margaritas, Green Bay. Check it out. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from The Band War, and you are listening to T.C. Martin. And now I forgot what he told me to tell you. <laughs> He's lying to you all. He's lying. No lying, no embellishment here. Especially when it comes to the Mark Dip. Oh, yeah. Remember uh, when Burline was back there? Remember? I told Burline about it. You did. And it did. Yeah. Of course, you know, he dropped the ball and, and didn't go. But, uh, yeah. Anybody going to Green Bay, go go check out my guy, 
Tim at Margaritas. Uh, the best Mexican food maybe you've ever had. There it is. All right. Our next guest, he doesn't get to Green Bay too much. You know, he's you know, he's dealing just back and forth with uh, his permanent residence in Bristol, Connecticut for the most time. Uh, between that and Nashville, Tennessee. But I, I gotta make a, a, a trip to Green Bay with Trevor Madge. We would we would have a blast with that. You know, Trevor, especially like you know, Trevor driving. I could see him driving from Nashville to Green Bay with the tunes going and everything. Yeah, that's it. I think that's on the bucket list, Trevor Maddich. What's going on, brother? Hey, TC. Yeah, I've played at Green Bay at Lambeau Field, and I tell you, you can feel the ghosts in that stadium. <laughs> it is, it's just amazing. And, I, and I've been there, but I've never been to the actual bay. I don't know if it's on a bay. I mean, is it called Green Bay because the water's green, or just because there's lots of trees around the beach, or what's going on? No, with, there's a bay. Called, yeah. I got to figure out why it's called Green Bay. Because there's a bay. There's a bay right there. You know, Lake Michigan and that bay, it uh, goes uh, right up there. And uh, there you so go. Why is it green? Uh, Why is it green? It, it is green. It's green. I mean, sometimes it's blue, but it looks green most of the time. Or to be honest with you, in the wintertime, it looks like a lot of white or brown. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Good, I don't know but, if I want to go into water at a place called Green Bay. I don't want to go into water that has a Christian tide either. There's a lot of, very nice. There's a lot of greenery, though, in Green Bay. A lot of tall trees. No, that's true. Tons of greenery, as you know. You know, and you know all about well, like the beltways and everything. You know, it's, it's greenery. And if you've been to Wisconsin in the summer, you know that the mosquitoes are big enough to carry off small dogs, so you can't <laughs> let your dogs out of the hotel, you know? Listen to you. There you go. Yeah, no. Uh, that's that's a great trip, and I've done that before I moved to Green Bay, and I knew you could attest to this. Saturday afternoon game in Madison to go see the Badgers at Camp Randall Stadium. Phenomenal. And then a Sunday game at Lambeau Field, Green Bay. That's bucket list material, my friend. No, it would be absolutely fantastic. And you're right, it is beautiful up there. Absolutely beautiful. If you if you love the outdoors, you will be in heaven in that area up in Wisconsin. Trevor, just watch out for the mosquitoes. Of course. They actually don't you they don't throw clay pigeons for skeet shooting. They just pick a mosquito going by. That's true. I, I make sure I'm always lathered up with my off and everything uh, during the summertime, especially when I was like, you know, coaching girls softball and stuff during the summer i was i I was i was ready to go man i i made sure those mosquitoes did not bite me but you're right especially when the sun goes down you know seven eight o'clock at night yeah treacherous you're right man see trevor man he's a worldly guy he knows you coach girls softball of course yeah so do you teach it all for power or accuracy (laughs) uh both my friend both my friend yes Oh no! Fast pitch or slow pitch? Fast pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. We had we had a touring uh, softball team. I even uh, you know coached a couple of years of of high school. You know, so I did baseball. I did uh, softball, okay. basketball. Yeah, you know, my daughter played. Of course, uh, we had some phenomenal travel teams. Yeah, Green Bay Express. You can go ahead and and uh, and, and go and look that up. Sponsored by none other than Margaritas, as we're talking about. There it is. Gotta like that. We're talking about right. margaritas, the Mexican restaurant, not the margaritas. But you can't get fine margaritas at margaritas. So just remember, Trevor, that's there, there, there's a plug for you. When you're going to Green Bay, go to margaritas. You'll be very happy. I will, and I'll tell them that that TC, the 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 famous women's softball coach, <laughs> sent me. <laughs> if you'd like to go there, yeah, I don't think I don't think Trevor has seen my my video. So I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll send it to Trevor so he can now now uh, know what we're talking about with the. Uh, the famous Mark Dip. There it is. All right, so that's on the way. Yep. But uh, 
<laughs> Let's talk some football, man. You because football. You're, you're talking about beautiful, you know, Green Bay, beautiful summer, all that stuff. What was not beautiful was that fiasco we saw Monday night. I don't want to spend too much time on this fiasco, Trevor, but come on, sixty-five to seven, and I'll say it. Not too many other people are saying it, but you know darn well if Alabama was in that game, we wouldn't have no sixty-five to seven. You know that's for darn tootin'. If UNLV were in that game, it might not be sixty-five to seven. Well, what in the world happened at TCU? You tell me. Your horn frogs are armored and they spit blood at you, and they're <laughs> vile little beasts. They were just like Brazilian tree frogs. They were worse game. than mosquitoes. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there were two things that happened there, TC. One of them was that that TCU didn't really know how to play on a stage like that. And their coach, Sonny Dyke, said at halftime and then after the game as well that he had to get the guys settled down and focused on doing their job, do do their job. What happened was too many guys too often were trying to make a play. It's the national championship game. I have to go make a play. And that gets you focused away from the 111th that you're responsible for. So, so that hurt them. And another thing was just that Georgia was in a zone. And offensively, they were brilliant. I mean, it was a brilliant, uh, brilliant coaching job by the Bulldogs on both sides of the ball. But they learned a lot from the Michigan game against TCU in the semifinal. Because in that game, Michigan figured we're big and powerful. We're just going to bulldoze you. And they tried to run the ball inside and all that. And TCU with that 3-3-5 defense kept on hitting slants and angles and blitzes and fires and stunts and all kinds of stuff inside that messed stuff up. Now, Michigan still scored a lot of points and had a lot of yards, but there were also a ton of negative plays where TCU defenders came flying through the gaps to make negative plays and get it behind the chains. And that's really what stymied Michigan in the end was they were three for 13 on third down, even though they had moved the ball. So what, what, uh, Georgia did on offense. We said, okay, we're not going to even try to decode all this stuff going on inside. And they hit it off tackle and wider. And when they went wide, really wide, then it would often pull a tackle the, and, and pull them outside to hit the alley or hit it super wide and let all the craziness happen inside. And they just, they just bypassed it. And so the TCU defense just didn't have an answer for that. And then, of course, the, the TCU offense, it was just, Georgia just jumped everything that they tried to do. It ended up being a perfect storm, and TCU had no answer for the tsunami. And once they got rolling downhill, Georgia was just unstoppable. Trevor, we talked about this leading up to this game, that if TCU did not show up and we had a non-competitive game, that they were going to be the naysayers, see... Alabama should have been in, TCU maybe didn't deserve, and that sort of thing. And then the topic comes up again. Well, here's another Big 12 team. I can't believe they got this far. Boom. Do you think that this is going to have, because it was so non-competitive, because it was 65-7, to because it was the worst beatdown and the largest margin of victory that we've ever seen in any championship game, in any football contest, NFL NCAA, whatever, because it was so bad and it was such a mismatch, do you think with one more year of this where we got to vote for the top four that this kind of gets held against those teams, maybe like Cincinnati or those teams out of the Big 12 again that you know maybe score a lot of points but give up a lot of points, that this game is going to be circled and the committee is going to say, you know, we don't want this to happen again. 
Well, it happened to the Big Ten with Michigan State. It happened to uh, the Pac-12 with Washington. I mean, it, it, it's happened, and they're not supposed to think that way. The, the committee is not supposed to have those kinds of factors entered into it. They're supposed to make each week its own universe and each season its own planet. And they're not supposed to look into to think about that, but they're human. And I think if there's if they're struggling to decide which team to put in, uh, the human side of it would say, look, Big 12 has been crushed. Big 12 has, you know, they've only won one semifinal in the playoff era, and that was TCU this year, and then look what happened. You know, and if, you know, they, they might take a look at that, but they shouldn't. They're not supposed to. I know if you're, if you're Michigan, you're thinking, how in the world did we lose to those people? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. <laughs> and if you're Ohio State, you're thinking, if we would have made that field goal at the end that was wide left down a point, we're national champions. Yeah, right. The, the way TCU played, Ohio State would have rolled them too. Now, I don't want to rain on TCU because they had a magical season, one of the best in their history. They ran into a perfect storm and they weren't, they weren't, they didn't have the answers for it. So I don't want to, I don't want to rain on them. Their, their season deserves praise. Right. But the emotion of that game is pretty darn ugly. And I think the committee, uh, the committee should not be influenced by it. either way. They've only got one more year to worry about it because next year's four. And then after that is 12. Trevor Match uh, joins us, ESPN's College Football. We talk a little NFL right now. Trevor, wild card weekend. And ever since the NFL has gone to just only one team out of each conference receiving a bye, we, we've had some blowouts in this first round. And it makes sense because now you've got the number two seed playing and they're playing the number seven seed. And in both of those matchups this weekend, you've got... Buffalo against Miami with their third string quarterback, um, you know, Skylar Thompson, you know, go- going to be the quarterback for Miami, uh, out of K State. And he had a start last week against the Jets. And we know that Miami has not played well to close the season. They lost five of the last six games. And then same thing is happening with San Francisco, who pro- you can make the argument no one hotter right now than San Francisco. And they're going to play a Seattle Seahawks team that, you know, has not been great this season. Uh, we could have two potential blowouts here highlighting this, um, you know, this, this week, weekend coming up. Give me your take about those two games and then let's dive into a couple of the other ones. All right. Well, I, I think there's a connection with the games because the Seahawks defense is the Skylar Thompson of NFL defenses. So <laughs> you, you can, uh, you know, there's a connection. I, I think the 49ers and Seahawks is an interesting game. Um, 49ers are playing a third string quarterback, but he's five and oh, you know, Brock Purdy is 13 touchdowns, just four interceptions. He's been very efficient and he'll be going against the Seattle defense that did pretty well against the Rams. But you know, th- this is a defense that ought to get steamrolled by the 49ers on the other side of the ball. The thing about the, the Seattle that they've got to worry about is the pass rush. Geno Smith has done really well, right? He's done, he's exceeded everybody's expectations, but the offensive line, is below average in pass protection. And the 49ers is one of the best quarterback disrupting defensive fronts. So sacks and pressures and things like that, even though they don't blitz very much, they blitz among the fewest in the NFL, but they pressure among the most. And that makes it hard to get big plays against them because they've got extra guys back in the secondary and they can still pressure you. And I don't think that Seattle on offense is going to be able to drive a lot of long drives. I just don't see it happening. I see, you know, as long as they can't get big plays, they will make a mistake and be forced to punt uh, on a regular basis. And so I, this game does shape up to me like 
a blowout in favor of the 49ers. And with the Dolphins, it's not just that they're down to their third quarterback, who's not been as effective and efficient as Brock Purdy of the 49ers, but also Jalen Waddell, who's one of their most important uh, – oh, excuse me, not Jalen Waddell. Um, the guy they got from Kansas City. I'm spacing his name. Uh, the wide receiver. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is, is on the injury list right now with an ankle, unquestionable. And, you know, so all of a sudden you got your third-string quarterback and you got one of your best weapons that might be a little gimpy. Uh, and his game is speed and explosive cuts. Right, you can't you can't change direction as fast as he can change direction, and then you can't keep up with him when he takes off on uh, full speed. And so, if he's playing, but even limited, it it takes a lot away from what Miami can do. You know, and I think the two games that they played this year between Buffalo and Miami, I mean, Miami beat them the first time around, and the second time Buffalo only won by a field goal. But this one also really looks to me like a big blowout because Miami's defense in recent weeks has just played poorly. This has not been the same defense that started the season pretty hot. And speaking of hot, Josh Allen, Buffalo's quarterback, has averaged about 400 yards passing in each of the last three weeks. And so I, I really think that this one also shapes up like a, a blowout for the home team. Speaking of blowouts and, again, third-string quarterbacks, uh, we got the same situation with Baltimore and Cincinnati. Uh, no Lamar Jackson, and uh, you know Tyler Huntley hasn't thrown a pass in practice the last week and a half, and now Cincinnati is at home. We just saw this matchup last week, and Cincinnati won by 14. Potential third blowout for the weekend? Maybe. I, I, I agree with you that the Baltimore offense probably won't do a whole lot, but the Ravens' defense is legit. I mean, they statistically are, are top five in a lot of key categories, and they're playing really, really well. And they held Joe Burrow in that game last week. To he, Burrow wasn't good. Burrow actually said after the game that he wasn't happy with the way that he played. And you could say that they got a big lead, Cincinnati did, and they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, and Baltimore didn't. And so it ended up being, um, you know, it felt uglier than it was kind of a thing. But I, a blowout on that one is – is harder for me to predict because of the quality of the Baltimore defense. I mean, I can see an under, mm. right? But uh, I'm I'm still thinking about that game. I know the 49ers game and the Buffalo game will probably end up being um, two of my picks when we when we pick on Friday. But this one, I'm not quite sure about yet. I'm still trying to get my brain wrapped around it, and I, I just don't see the Bengals offense going off on the Baltimore defense. All right. Saturday night, we've got Jacksonville and the Chargers. Uh, even though these guys are not divisional uh, uh, opponents, they have played earlier this year, and we did see um, a, a pretty you know good game here. We got the Chargers a one-point favorite on the road. We know Jacksonville has been playing exceptionally well. Trevor Lawrence seems to get better and better each week, um, but they were very lucky to win that game against the Tennessee Titans last week. Give me some thoughts as you look at the Chargers being a road favorite here, a slight one against the Jags. Yeah, well, I just looked at ESPN.com in their injury report, and Trevor Lawrence showed up as questionable. Okay. He didn't say what it was, but that 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 uh, that's kind of interesting. The Chargers' pass defense has gotten a lot better just, in recent weeks. They were... Excuse me. I was just going to say he has a toe injury. Is is, is what the injury? It's toe. Yeah, it's a toe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that 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 um, you know that that matters. 
the Chargers in, you know, the first 13 games, they were in the bottom tier of the NFL in terms of pass defense. But since then, they've really perked up and they've been very well. They've been one of the best in the league at pass defense. And so it'll be interesting to see which Chargers pass defense shows up in this game. Trevor Lawrence in the red zone last week wasn't all that good. I mean, they managed to beat Tennessee, but they didn't do very well in the red zone. They tended to bog down. And Tennessee's pass defense is one of the worst in the NFL. You would think that just from that standpoint alone, having Trevor Lawrence there and his ability to throw the ball and the weapons that he has, that they would have been able to score more touchdowns and field goals down there, but, but they struggle. And, you know, so that's something that's interesting when it comes to the score, when it comes to the total and when it comes to whether or not the, these guys can win the game. Um, you know, and what the, the thing that makes this most intriguing to me is that Justin Herbert is first in the AFC at leading game winning drives. He's got five game winning drives and this is projected to be a close game. And because of that, you know, which quarterback do you trust the most? If they've got to get a drive at the end, either to close it out or to score and win the game, which is what these game-winning drives are about, I think you have to trust Herbert just a little bit more. And so in this game, I would lean Chargers. Mm. Jacksonville uh, thumped the Chargers 38-10 to going back when they played on September the 25th. When you have a game that went like that, you know, Trevor, is there much you can read into that, or do you figure that these these teams are a little bit different than they met in specifically the Chargers when they met back in September? Yeah, a lot different because of the injury situation. The Chargers defense has become more healthy. The the receivers have become more healthy. Although Mike Williams now is a little bit banged up again, but still, uh, that Chargers team was a different team especially because I just don't think they had the horses on defense because of injury to be able to disrupt Trevor Lawrence the way that they will in this game. Mm -hmm. Dallas-Tampa Bay. Jerry Jones says, I have full faith in Mike McCarthy and his staff. Oh, don't worry about this game. We're not going to put much into what happens in this game or whatever. But, yeah, Mike McCarthy, uh, full faith. Let me tell you something. If Dallas loses to a statuesque Tom Brady and the struggles that Tampa Bay has had this year – I mean, this game I can't predict just because you got two teams that I don't trust. So, real quick take on that. Quick take on that is I don't trust them, but I do trust Brady in this kind of a situation more than I trust Dak Prescott. Right. Dak has had the turnover bug in recent weeks. I mean, badly. They couldn't run the ball at all against the Washington Commanders last week, and their center Tyler Biotis he, he was out. And uh, if he plays in this game, he'll be gimpy. And without him, they have trouble running the ball. If Dallas jumps out to a lead, then I think they'll be okay. But if they don't jump out to a quick lead, I think Tampa Bay wins this. All right. He is Trevor Maddich, and uh, the college football season is over. You get a little R&R right now, right? Kind of kick back at home and watch some NFL. Have a good time, right? Oh, man. I'm just <laughs> sleep. I sleep, wake up for kickoff. When the game's over, I go back to sleep. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and joining us again today, man. I know it's uh, been a long, long college football season. Uh, you deserve the rest, my friend, uh, again. And I appreciate you joining us. Dedication, man. One of the busiest mans in the business, and he is with us at least once and sometimes twice a week. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks, DC. There he is, Trevor Maddich. He's going to go take a nap. <laughs> uh, George Clinton. Parliament, Funkadelic, this weekend, Saturday night at the Westgate International Theater. Looking forward to that. We come back. Kevin Kruger is going to join us, and we get ready for UNLV Boise State tonight. Oh.
Sim, não gosto de qualquer 